welcome to the monthly Skill Bites show, where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of Skill Bites and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. Skill Bites author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. Today, our guest is C.C. Smith, president and owner of Toolbox Studios, an award-winning marketing and design firm. And C.C. is also co-owner with her husband of Smith Print Inc., a family-owned and operated commercial printing company. A forward-thinking innovator and cross-media marketing specialist, C.C. is able to provide her diverse clients with a unique and wide range of capabilities in all media settings including print, digital, online, direct marketing, and analysis-based SEO, as well as all social media programs. Cece will be sharing her wisdom on how to build a successful business with all the right marketing tools. Welcome to the Skill Bite Show, Cece. We are so delighted to have you join us. I would like to start with finding out from you what motivated you to become an entrepreneur. I guess the reason why I decided to is because I saw a need. Um, I had worked, I started out in my career after college uh, with Procter & Gamble, and then I took a little time off to raise two boys and, well, get them started. I didn't get them all raised I, until they got into school. Um, I went back in and started working with my husband at our printing company, and having a printing company is usually the tail end of any kind of marketing collateral or advertising uh, tools or whatever. And so my husband would get approached many times from his clients and say, I need someone to build me a website. I need someone to build me a brand or uh, help me design a brochure or whatever that had to do with marketing. And he would always say, well, my wife does that. And he would give me away for free. And uh, I said, wait a minute, people, people pay for this service and yes, they do. Yep. and my time is worth something. And, and um, so I started a small little company called Red Door Solutions. And um, I just was doing it just kind of, I wasn't real serious about it. I mean, I just wanted to help people figure out what they needed to do for marketing. And that's how I kind of fell into it. Just wanting to help people. I love the business and I love um, working with business owners and businesses to grow their business. So that's how I got started. And it was kind of, it wasn't like I dreamt about it when I was a little girl. It just kind of happened. Great. And you've been very successful at it. Well, you know, it, um, it, it's certain days you feel successful, certain days you don't. And, uh, you know, you have your up and downs when you're, when you're an entrepreneur. And so, uh, but I do feel like I'm a success because I feel like I've helped a lot of people achieve their goals. And I know I'm achieving some of my goals, you know, but it, it is a journey, as you know, Judy, and we've talked about being business owners and there's ups and downs, but the ups definitely outweigh the downs. Yes, I would definitely agree with that. When you're working with a client, my understanding is one of the very first things that you want to do with your client is make sure that they have a marketing strategy. How do you get started with developing that strategy? That's a great question. So many people, um, I'm really surprised sometimes when I talk with people, um, business owners, and, some, and they're not little business owners, they're big businesses, you know, 500, 700, 
million uh, dollar companies. And I always ask them when we start, what's your strategy? What's your business strategy? And many times they look at me with this blank stare. And I said, well, you, you, have to, uh, you have to have a strategy. And they're like, well, we just want to sell more stuff. And I said, well, that's not really a strategy. <laughs> that's a goal. And so um, one of the things you need to do is you really need to go understand what it is you're trying to achieve and start thinking about the different ways that you develop that. And you think about your products or your services, and you try to decide which are the most profitable, which ones are the ones you want to push, which are the ones you want to grow. And um, you start creating a plan. And then after you understand that, then you spend a lot of time, or maybe it goes in tandem or in parallel. Um, you think about your customer slash consumer slash client, however you refer to them. And you stop and wonder who are they and what do they need? And how can my services or my product satisfy their need? And if you can answer that question, you've started your journey on developing a marketing plan. So understanding the consumer and having a strategy and a goal is the first step. So is there a difference between a marketing plan and a marketing strategy? Yes, there is. A marketing plan is very detailed. It's, it'll say in January, we're going to do X. In February, we're going to do Y. And you'll, uh, uh, on your plan, it's very, it's, it's, um, very detailed. It'll say what you're going to do on Facebook, what you're going to do uh, on uh, maybe advertising in a publication. Are you going to do a podcast? What's your content that you're going to write in your blog? Um, what are your, what are your um, actual activities that you're going to do to achieve your strategy? Mm -hmm. So the strategy may be, um, I want to develop, the strategy is more long-term. Um, the strategy is I want to grow this part of my business. Um, this part of my business is more um, service. Uh, and let me, let me give you an example of that. So uh, I'm going to use my printing company that my husband runs. Um, many times we, we have a very large printing company. We, we can print magazines, we can print catalogs and things like that. And sometimes people come to us and they just want us to, to, to print their business cards. Well, it's really hard because of the kind of equipment and the size of our company to print business cards. So we don't go out and our strategy is not to develop you know, stationary or business cards for clients. It's more, how do we get to the people that need printing ongoing? Who has a publication? Who has a newsletter that they print ongoing? And so we've made a plan and a strategy of what kind of client do we want that we can best meet their needs and it can be profitable for us. So a strategy will have metrics like what is my, my revenue goal? What are my profit and, profit and loss uh, goals? What are um, the different services I, I have? And how am I going to price that? Your strategy has all those more high-level details where your marketing plan has more your tactical. I'm going to do this on the first week of January, this on the second week, and it's all going to be about a certain subject. So very different. Your marketing plan is how you execute on a, on a, a daily basis to achieve your strategy. Does that make sense? It does. And it sounds to me as though a very vital component of your strategy is who your target audience is. That's so true. It's so true. Most people, you know, one of the big mistakes people make when they're trying to uh, develop their strategy is, or understand their customer or consumer or client, they'll say, well, everyone, well, unless you're selling pizza, 
or toilet paper, guess what? Not everyone's your potential customer, right? right? So the reality is, is that we have to really define who we're targeting. Um, what's the size of the company? What are their goals? What are their strategy? Where might be where they're located? Um, and really understand them because not everyone is your potential client. Um, and so once you're able to hone that down and define what that ideal client is, then you can start developing the right and deciding on what tools are best to attract and engage with that targeted consumer or customer. Because if you don't, you've got the whole world to market to, and that's really, really expensive and really hard to do. Right. And how do you determine what tools are going to work well with which audiences? Well, you know, Judy, that becomes, is becoming more and more difficult. Um, for some people listening to this, I know I remember, um, there used to be a time where we had three channels, three TV channels, a couple radio stations and one newspaper, right? And so our marketing opportunities where we could actually advertise and do marketing was somewhat limited, right? Very regional, uh, very traditional. And then this thing called the internet came along <laughs> and it opened up just a plethora of new tools that we can use. So now we have to really be selective and understand what are the right tools to reach our targeted customer. So once you understand who your target customer is, then you have to start thinking about, well, how do they get information? But what even further complicates this is as a consumer of information, we all have our own ways of wanting that information. Um, in many cases, like what, with what you do, Judy, and help people write books and get their books out, people want to read to get information. Some people want to listen like this podcast. Some people want to watch a video. And so some people use social media, some people use white papers, and sometimes, and many times we use a combination. I believe, and research is showing that it's really geared more towards your learning style. If your learning style is, you know, your, your kinetic or your tactile or your uh, hearing or, or written word or however, whatever's the way that you like to learn or that you learn best is how you want to receive your information. So that's no longer defined by you know, women versus men, or by an age bracket, it's really about a very personal preference, which makes picking up the right marketing tools even harder. So well, it makes it sound as though you have to do a little bit of everything because people have such different learning styles. So you're right. So here's what you do. You make your best guess, right? So you, you, first of all, you think, well, where are my customers? Are they local within my city limits? Are they across the nation, right? That's one way that we can kind of bring it down, right? Then you think about, well, um, what are their typical ages? Are you, are you reaching out and trying to reach CEOs or business leaders? Well, they probably tend to be a little bit older. Um, you might want to, it, it may be, uh, you start looking at you and you start trying to define your market smaller and smaller. And then what you do is you pick and you make some assumptions. You say, I think that if I use one kind of marketing tactic coupled with another two or three or four, I'm going to see which one responds the best. The most important part about that is you have to be able to measure it. And, you know, they're the days of not being able to measure marketing are long gone, but you have to be very deliberate in your approach to developing your marketing plan. 
you can measure how many people come to your website. You can measure how many people have downloaded a PDF off of your website or a, a white paper or how many people have um, liked your social media posts or shared it or retweeted it or what have you. Um, and so you can, you can get some type of measurement uh, just by using the analytics that we have in a lot of these tools. Um, the other thing is, is you can measure it by things like having a specific URL um, that maybe drives people to a certain landing page on your home, on your website. So for example, let's say you did an ad um, in a magazine uh, for your services. You can actually purchase very inexpensively uh, um, a, a URL that maybe goes along with your campaign. And you, then you point it to a certain page on your website. Well, now you set up Google Analytics and you're able to measure how many people came in from that magazine ad or how many people called the phone number because you can attach a what they call a call rail number to that. And so now you can start measuring that. You could say, well, I had this many people come in. I had this uh, from the website or from the magazine URL or from the phone number. And so that's a, that's a starting point. So what you do is you, you start off and it, it's, it's a... It's your best plan that you can put together with very little data. And then you start measuring it and then you're able to fine tune it. Um, there are so many different tools. Um, so, you know, um, you, you need to select maybe three or four, five maybe that you could possibly use and test it and, and try to measure it and read the analytics and start really trying to track it and look at it. Um, and it's, 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 I would like to say it's super, super easy, but it, as business owners and people who are trying to grow their business, it takes a lot of time as well. And uh, yeah, so it's really complicated because you don't know, for instance, if you're not getting a lot of responses from an ad because the ad wasn't very good, right? Because your audience doesn't respond to ads. Right. Or it could be um, the messaging was wrong or the customer just might not be ready to buy, right? Maybe they don't need their uh, garage door fixed. Maybe they don't need their house painted. Maybe they don't need a book yet, or they don't think they need a book yet, or maybe they, and so you've got many times, they're just not ready to engage. So you have to then nurture them. Um, you have to be able to kind of stay in front of their mind. And so that when they are ready to, engage you in your service or product or, or by your product, then they remember, oh yes, I saw an ad for this and I can go find out information about them. So some of them just aren't ready or aren't in the market yet, depending on what your product or service is. So that's why it's it, the, the most important thing about a marketing plan is it's not an event. I mean, there are events, if you will, um, in, the, in the true sense of the word, event, um, uh, lunch and learn, or, you know, something like that. But marketing should be an ongoing way of doing business, much like, you know, you wouldn't go out and buy insurance uh, for the building where your business is at after it's burned down, would you? No, you have to have it the whole time because you're, you're, you know, you have to protect yourself. You know, it's part of doing business. You have to think of marketing that way. And that's hard to do because, um, in the case of the analogy I've given with the, if you're, if you're, if something happens at your building, you have insurance, you just paid for, you, you know, it's, you're covered with marketing dollars, unless you're really, really careful, it's, it's hard to connect it and say, I got this new customer because of this ad. And sometimes you don't even know how they got to you. 
And many times they're not even sure how they got to you if you've done your marketing plan right. It's just that you've represented yourself to them over and over again. And that when the time was ready for them, they remembered you and then they engaged you. Right. So it's, it's really hard to figure out, okay, from which tools are most effective. Well, you, I guess you have to do them for a certain period of time just to know whether mm -hmm. they're, they're effective and, and tweak them and see what, what different response you get when you use the same tool, but with a different message or different mm -hmm. graphics or whatever. Right. Absolutely. You know, the thing to remember, and I love analogies, as you know, Judy, with our friendship and our conversations that we've had, but marketing is a lot like trying to be healthy as a human being, right? We know that if we eat right, we don't smoke, we don't drink too much, we get enough sleep, we take our vitamins, we get our regular checkups like we're supposed to, get enough exercise, all of that, right? We know that if we do those things, we have a better opportunity of living a long, healthy life, right? But we're not guaranteed it, correct? Right, yep. But you have to be dedicated to living a lifestyle to be able to be, have a better opportunity of being successful. Marketing is very much the same. You can't um, take a vitamin once a month and think that you're going to have the same results as if you had taken a vitamin every day like you need to, right? So marketing is much the same. You have to, it has to have a nice cadence and it has to have a nice commitment to being consistent. And the things I tell people, you know, depending on the size of the company, depending on, um, and this is hard, it's even hard for us if we're a marketing firm, um, is do what you can right? Do what you can to improve your possibilities of being successful. And then as you grow, add on things. So if the only thing you have time right now to do is to really have a good website and, and write blogs, then do that and do it well. Don't do everything halfway. Then slowly add in more tools that will increase your possibilities, right? So because we've all done it, right? We've all done the crash course diet. We've all done the crash course. Let's get fit. It's like January, such a big fitness month. Um, and then, you know, come February, we all kind of fall away. At least I do. Um, but if we, if we start off with something that's reasonable and that we can keep up with, then we're going to have a better chance of doing it long-term. And the, it's the long-term that's going to help you. Because like I said, depending on what your, your product or service is, customer just might not be in the market yet, but you want to stay in front of them. Which takes a lot of patience and perseverance <laughs> and, and faith. <laughs> it, do, it does. It does. Uh, but you know what? It's, um, it's just like anything else. And as entrepreneurs, we know this, it, it's just, it's, you, you're in for the long haul and, and, and it's hard. Uh, trust me. I understand. I talk to businesses all the time, including my own, where you know, you need the revenues, you need the sales, just stay, you know, stay steady, keep going. And, and I will tell you, um, the person that has a marketing plan and that continues to try to really run it will do well in the end, much better than people who try to do a shotgun approach where let's try this. Oh, that didn't work. Let's try this. The other thing that I would tell you, one of the most important things that you can do in your marketing is develop a database. I don't care if it's a spreadsheet. I don't care. I, I don't care how you keep it. I just prefer it to be electronic, maybe not on paper, but st 
start keeping a database of everyone you meet, even if you don't think they're a potential client. And, and I'll tell you why. Instead of trying to, it, it, well, one, a database is very important so that if you do want to do a mailer or if you do want to do some uh, social media campaigns, you need that database. So now you can, you can start kind of having at least a group of people who know you. That's the first touch. But the second thing is, is when you have a database, write down how you met that person. Did you meet them at a chamber event? Um, did they mention to you uh, what, what, their need, what their need was? But more importantly, I want you to think about them. Could they be a channel partner? A channel partner is very different than a client. A client, you go out, you find a client, and then you maybe they engage you, you're able to sell your service or product, and then they're gone, right? And if you're lucky, maybe they make referrals back to you. But if you find a channel partner, a channel partner is someone who is looking for the same type of customer that you are. So that together, as they're out marketing and you're out marketing, you can refer each other to one another. Let me give you an example. I work with um, a company that does HR services. They're outsourced HR. Um, and the owner of the company, he and I had a very candid conversation. He meets with the CEOs. He meets with the owners. And, many, and he knows their staffing. He understands the different departments they have. And many times he comes across companies that don't have marketing and he hears the pain of uh, from the owner or maybe the people in the organization about, wow, we need more better marketing. Well, he'll refer me to, 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 to his client. And likewise, while I work with clients on their marketing plan, many times I see that they have problems in their sales team or maybe in their production crew, they need more uh, employees or what have you. I refer them to my client. So together we're out there and we know how to sell their services or to refer them to other people. And that's a really powerful tool rather than just going out to trying to find a customer. So you know, think about that as you're networking. You may think, oh, they don't need my service, but could they refer you if you got to know them? Could you refer them if you got to know what they did? And then right. it becomes, right. And your, your, um your client base or prospect base considerably. Exactly. And you know what? When you when you get a referral from somebody you know and trust, you're gonna, it's almost like a it's 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 an easier way to meet that person than just meeting someone at a mixer, right? Because if you get an email from someone that you trust and care about and that you've engaged in business and they're recommending somebody you're going to take a second look at that. You're, you may not just, you know, oh, okay, sure. We'll engage that person, but you'll at least pay more attention to that recommendation. And then what you'll do, if somebody refers someone to you, then you're going to check them out online. You're going to go check out their website. You're going to look, maybe look at their social media, depending on who you are. You might ask around, hey, do you know so-and-so? Have you ever worked with them? Um, but that's why your digital presence, your website, your social media should be up and vibrant and, um, you know, just full of information, because the first thing they're going to do is, I might trust you, Judy, all all over, but whenever I actually go and think about engaging someone, I'm going to go check them out for myself, and I check them out online. So, you know, it's 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 good to have referrals, but you still have to have a really strong digital footprint out there too. So when people are checking you out, they see who you really are. Right, and that actually leads into my next question for you. 
you have a, a distinction between foundational marketing tools and ongoing marketing tools. And I wondered if you could explain the basis of that distinction and what are some of the key elements of that foundation that you feel is so important for businesses to develop? Sure. Um, foundational, or just like the sound, your website, your brand, your database, your uh, marketing materials, these things don't change, right? Only your database will grow, but the, the information that the fact that you have a database is foundational. You have to have a database. You have to have a good website. You, it doesn't have to be a big, huge, but it has to be relevant. It has to be up to date. It has to be mobile responsive. It has to um, engage. It, it needs to be easy for them to navigate. So these are the foundational things because research is showing that um, a vast majority, I think it's about three-fourths, 75% or you know, around in that area, will go and look at your website before they ever call you. And if they don't like what they see or they can't see it on your phone, you may be the greatest salesperson, you may be the, have the greatest product, but that's going to many times create a, a, a bad impression. So these foundational pieces, you have to have solid. Um, and so making sure that you have a brand that's up to date, that you have content on your website that's up to date, um, that it's easy to navigate your website, um, that your marketing materials are still up to date. Um, so, you know, those kind of things are foundational. The second part of that ongoing is what drives people to those foundational things. They're the things that are, you're constantly changing and updating. It's the social media, it's the new blog, it's um, search engine optimization, it's um, a, a campaign that you might do, a postcard mailing or uh, your marketing plan. Those are the things that are ongoing that you're gonna be adjusting all the time based on the consumer who you're targeting, uh, maybe there's some seasonality in your in your um, services or brand or, or products, but you're always going to be adjusting those. But those are ongoing. There's something you do over and over again. Your website, sure, you need to maintain it and update it. But the building of your website, once it's set, as long as you keep it updated, then you're good. As long as your brand is set, it's good, right? You might need to refresh it after a few years or if you have a change in your business model or whatever. But this ongoing part is how you bring people to get them to your website, to get them to your social media, to, to learn more about you and to understand what you can have to offer them. Two very different, some people, um, we've all had it happen. You, you meet a, a company, um, you're talking to the CEO, you're impressed, you're thinking, wow, these people are really innovative. And then you go to their website and it looks like it was something done in you know, 1997. And you're thinking, there's a disconnect here. So you have to make sure that your website and your online presence, those foundational things, reflect who you are today and what you have to offer. So that- You had mentioned that you should uh, sort of refresh your website every few years, but for SEO purposes, I understand you should also have changes mm -hmm. a lot more frequent so that- At, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when I say change your website every few years, I'm talking about like maybe the visuals. You know, we've all been on websites where you see somebody and you're like, oh, oh, that's what Mary looks like. And then you meet Mary and Mary's 20 years older, <laughs> you know, so you, you need to keep things like that up to date. But you also need to make sure your con content is relevant. But when I say change your website, I mean, you know, the content on it, 
the structure of it doesn't necessarily need to change. You might need to add a page here and there, but if you if it's well thought out and, and executed properly, you should be able to live with it for quite a while. And if you maintain it, um, and so it, it's really important from an SEO standpoint, search engine optimization standpoint, that you're always updating the content or the images or the meta tags on your website because how search engines work is when they go out and search the internet, when somebody types in whatever, I need someone to help me write my book, like in your case, Judy, it's going to go in and it's going to find the latest post with those keywords in it. And if you've not changed any content on your website in five years, you're going to be at the bottom of the list. So constantly changing that information, and it doesn't have to be huge changes. It could be just adding a blog to your website every month, add a blog with new content, because that triggers Google and the search engine, search engines to say, hey, there's something new here. Let's see, let's see what's happening new on this website. And then they index the site and they read all the words. And then that helps you stay on the top of the search results. So, you know, it, it's your website should be um, have some structure, have a good user experience, but the content on it. And I'm not talking about the, you know, the about us page. Well, maybe you update the picture. Maybe you update your bios if you've just been appointed to a new board, but add, having a social media feed on it, having a, a blog area, maybe adding a place where people can download um, white papers, um, whatever, whatever it might be that you have. But it should kind of go in tandem with your social media. So for example, you write a blog, you put it on your website, your social media should then point people back to your website to get with a link to get your new blog, right? So they work together. So um, social media is very, uh, very much important to SEO, just as well as blogs and, and, and blogs now, you know, the video blogs, um, all those kinds, of, even a press release, adding a press release to your website, if you've had a recent press release, is powerful. So that helps with search engine optimization as well. It's kind of overwhelming. <laughs> so it's writing a book, Judy. <laughs> no, there's, there's easy steps for that, but this is sort of uh, more, I guess, uh, a, a lot more stuff that has to be addressed well you know judy it's it's just like anything else um if people want to write a book they come to you and you break it down you're the expert just like um in our businesses if, if we need to put a new roof on our building we don't go up there and try to do it ourselves we call somebody who's an expert if we need someone to help us figure out what our right um the right um, insurance or the right equipment that we need we, we ask for people for opinions and we ask experts it's the same thing with marketing um, when we work with people in their marketing efforts, we get involved. We don't have canned programs. I mean, if they want a you know, canned program, you know, they want us to do everything, we go on retainer. If they want to come in and say, hey, well, I already have a marketing person. I just need some support. We customize that marketing experience with each of our clients. We don't sell packages. We don't sell anything like that. Um, we, we come right alongside you and we like to partner with our clients. And if they have a marketing team and they just need some support, we're here. We can just add support in certain ways. So, you know, a lot of it depends on um, the investment that you want to make. Uh, one of the things that I would encourage people to do is to think about if I bring on a new client, what is the value of that client? Maybe the first transaction and then long term. So, you know, in many cases, um, 
it's a lot of people don't know the value of a new customer. They, you know, you have to think about well, what does it really cost for me to do this service for this person? And then how much am I charging and how much profit? And that's, that's the part you want to think about. And then you stop and think, well, if I do this marketing thing and I bring in one new client or whatever the number is, how long do I, how much would it take for me to have it pay for itself? Right? So we have to think about it as return on investment. Many times I get asked, well, how much should I budget for my marketing? It all depends on the value that it brings in. I have clients that if they bring in a new customer, the, their first order is usually $250,000. Well, I wish I was billing them that much, but I'm not. <laughs> so, so, you know, and then we have other clients that maybe it's, it's, um, it takes $10,000, um, their first new client, or maybe it's a thousand. So it's, it, you have to really think about it. How big is the opportunity and how likely are you, how, how many new clients do you have to have to pay it off? And when you really break it down that way, it's really affordable when you think about it. So let's use an example. Let's say you spend $5,000 a month on advertising, right? That's social media, SEO, an ad, a podcast, whatever. Let's just, just for numbers sake, let's say you spend $5,000. And if you bring in one new customer and that new customer, um, if you engage them in your service, let's say you make $2,500. Well, then you only need to bring in new, two new clients a month to have paid for that. Well, many times when I break it down like that for people, they're like, oh, I, I know we'll get more than that. I know we'll get, we'll get more than one or two clients from that. So when you think about it that way, and, it, and it's hard to set budget aside for marketing, but I would start with something and build as you go. But it, you have to think about what is the value to you of a new customer. And if that customer, like in many cases, like financial wealth advisors, they bring in a new client. Okay, so year one, they recognize a certain kind of profit, but Typically, those people stay with you 10 to 15, 20 years. So what's the value you get from long-term having that client? So you have to think about that when you're thinking about your marketing budget. And so then it, it helps you decide, should I bring someone house in-house to do it? Should I you know, hire a marketing director? Many people ask me, should I get a marketing director that works with you? And I said, it really is up to how you want to work. Many times people hire us as the mark outside outsource marketing department, just like they outsource an HR department. And then we work very closely with the leadership and we just act like we're part of their team. And that requires a lot of transparency, but it's a lot of fun because now it's like, I have a bunch of different jobs opposed to just doing one thing. Because Now I get to see all different kinds of industries. So just some different ways of thinking about it. Um, mm -hmm. Most important thing you can do is understand your consumer and commit to some kind of plan, commit to something and, and start there. Do you have any recommendations of, um, of tools, not uh, marketing uh, tools like direct marketing or SEO or whatever, but like apps that um, would help somebody with, uh, with the planning, with the database, um, things like that? You know what? Um, many, it, and I, I don't get any, <laughs> I don't get any payback from Office 365, but I will tell you Office 365, many people have it. It's a very powerful platform. It can, it can track your clients, your CRM. It can help you um, maintain and organize your client base and your funnel and all of that. That's a really powerful tool. I think the one of the most important tools you can have is how are you keeping up with all your information and your and the people that you're working with? 
and the people that you might have the potential to work with. That's, that is probably, Office 365 is very reasonable. It's got all the other softwares in there that you use for your business anyway. Um, so that's one. The other thing I would tell you is um, in regards to a marketing plan, I haven't really found an app. I just use a spreadsheet. And, and I have a spreadsheet that's, that's um, it's pretty big. You have to print it out on 11 by 17, uh, but you can scale it back if you want. And I'm happy to share that with anybody. Um, it's just, it's, it's just a form, but it helps you kind of start laying out, okay, in January, I'm going to do this with social media and, and I, maybe I'll write a blog or maybe I'll attend events and, and try to network or maybe I'll join an association or maybe you're going to go to a trade show. And now you start plotting these out on a calendar. So when you're looking at it, you're seeing a map of your entire year, or maybe you go by quarter, whatever's easiest for you. And you start seeing some synergies. Okay, I'm going to go to a trade show that's going to be on X topic. Well, guess what? You should write about whatever that X topic is on your social media. You should be using your social media to, to talk about that event and all of that. So, so the marketing plan is really just kind of a roadmap to kind of keep you instead of having it all jumbling around in your brain in one place where you can sit and go, oh, look, this is happening. I should do this. And it helps you plot out what you should be doing week by week. It's a very simple um, spreadsheet. I'm happy to share it with anyone. Um, you know, if they email me or, or want to call me, I'm happy to share it. Or Judy, I can send it to you or however. Yeah, um, great. Yeah, I will. Um, I'll put that in the um, the next newsletter and and the blog on this interview so that people could reach out to you if they would like a copy of it. Yeah, it, it's very easy. And I have all kinds of uh, information, you know, about SEO and little things that I share with people. And and we have a pretty good blog ourselves on uh, www.toolboxstudios.com. Um, we, you know, we don't do create, we don't do a bunch of blogs all the time, just one or two a month typically, but they're usually very applicable to the kind of questions you're asking. So, but you know, there's so much good information out there. It's just a matter of, of taking the time and, and to learn about it, which is why people are listening to this podcast <laughs> anyway, so, which is what, impressive. What is that email that, uh, that you'd like them to use to reach you? They can, they can just use cece.smith at toolboxstudios.com. So it's cece.smith at toolboxstudios.com. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm happy to help anyone. I mean, I don't, I don't charge for anything. I'm happy to talk to someone and hear what, they, what they're dealing with and see how I might be able to help or give them some recommendations or um, just talk to them. I'm happy to visit with people. Great, thank you. Very helpful. You can also link in with me. That's another great way. Link in with me and um, send me a message. And I, I share a lot of information over LinkedIn as well. So that's another good way. Do you have some, some perspective on which marketing tools are working best for which types of audience? Like age or... Yeah role or whatever between say digital or mm -hmm. offline let me put it in the in the let me frame it this way what where do you get your biggest bang for your buck <laughs> let me let me put it that way let me because mm -hmm. you can spend a lot of money on outdoor and depending on what what your company is doing um i think that social media um is if you have a very visual product let's say you have a 
a beverage that you're selling or a clothesline or something like that. Instagram is a really great, Facebook is a really great tool. Um, now you can buy things on Instagram. Um, um, so if you've got something like that, that's a very inexpensive way of growing your business. Um, of course, it tends to, um, in, in major generality, it uh, tends to skew younger. But when I say younger, I mean, <laughs> I'm 52, so I'm going to say <laughs> younger, 45 and under. Um, those people are very active on Instagram, but it is growing in popularity, even with people between the ages of 45 and 65. Um, Facebook has gotten a little bit more complicated to work with, even though Facebook owns Instagram. Um, Instagram is definitely um, going strong. If you're wanting to try to target businesses, if you do B2B business, LinkedIn is an extremely powerful tool. There are so many different tools within LinkedIn that you can use. But the neat thing is um, one of the tools is called InMail, LinkedIn InMail. And you can actually select a certain company and then you could select, I want anyone that has manager in their title within this company that's in this geography. And then you can actually send them an InMail through LinkedIn. Now there is a fee, but you can target that way. LinkedIn is a great B2B uh, tool. Um, it's it's uh, professional. Uh, there, you can add value easily by posting a, a white paper or what have you. But you can also connect with people. The thing I like about LinkedIn is I'm always amazed. I'll meet someone at a conference. I link in with them, and they know somebody that I already am linked in with. So you know how it shows your shares or the, your um, ones in common. Mm -hmm. That is really powerful because it's a soft referral. If someone links in with me and they see that I'm friends with Judy, then they're going to, and if they know me and then they meet Judy, guess what? Oh, well, Cece's friends with her on LinkedIn. Cece might know something. Maybe I should call Cece or, or it's just, it's a soft referral, um, but it's a very, very powerful, powerful tool. And, and keep in mind, it's professional. It's not a place to, you know, show your little puppies, or <laughs> your grandkids or anything like that. This is a place where people want professional um, exchanges. So that they can grow their business. Mm -hmm. I think those are really powerful tools. Um, there's some really interesting, depending on what your what your goal is. If it's just brand awareness, let's say you're going to a trade show. Uh, there's a thing called um, um, digital advertising or geofencing, where you can say around a certain a convention center for certain dates, you want to target certain kinds of people. You know, women and men between the ages of 25 and 45 that have an interest in whatever the trade show is about. Let's say it's health and wellness, right? Have it target that. Then it, while they're at the trade show and in that conference, they can, when they're looking at their apps or whatever, it, 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 they show up on websites, they show up on apps, you'll, you can actually serve up ads and say, we're at booth one, two, three at XYZ trade show, come see us. And those are very reasonable. Um, the pricing on that is, you, you know, it's... Uh, you could do a trade show easily and serve up a hundred thousand impressions for about a you know a thousand dollars. So the thing is, is that when they click on that ad, they have you have to send them somewhere to a landing page, to a contact us page, or something because it's a clickable ad. So you can get a lot of impressions for very little dollars. Um, so if you're just looking for brand awareness, that's another good tool. But the power is when you layer these tools. So you know. 
don't, you know, instead of going fishing with just a pole and a worm, throw that net out there. And it doesn't have to be a big net, but just use multiple tools at one time. It's that layering effect that really is that will get you the most power. But those are some those are some pretty inexpensive tools that you can get started working with right away. And um, so, and I think that those are really good for brand awareness, um, but also um, B2B versus B2C. What about um, direct mail? Is that still a, a viable form of marketing? Okay, so here's my here's my disclaimer. I I do own a, I do own a uh, with my husband a, a printing company, commercial printing company. But I will tell you, millennials, believe it or not, are engaging more in print than any other generation. The reason why is they have lived and grown up on digital and they're inundated with it. And so when they get something printed, they engage with it. It's different. It's a disruption than from their regular marketing message. So one, millennials like print. So that's the first thing. But second of all, overall, print uh, response rate to print. If you just send out a postcard, just send it out, nothing special about it, just a generic postcard, static postcard, the average response rate that is recorded by the direct, um, I mean, the American Marketing Association is less than 1%. But the only reason they say that is because they don't measure it. But I will tell you, if you have a good database and a good printer, you can really customize those postcards and make them more meaningful to the person. That's where you get a higher engagement. So print is not dead. 68% of people need something printed in their lap or on the desk when they go to a website. 68%. So it's not dead. It's another touch. So depending on what you're selling, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to communicate, it's a very, very viable tool. We just recently ran a campaign for our own company. And about 60% of the leads that came in for the campaign were from our printed postcard. Now we had social media going on, we had digital advertising going on, we had uh, ringless voicemail going on, we had email, we had text messages, but 60% of the people responded via the postcard. And the way I know that is because we tracked the postcard URL and where they came in to sign up. Now, was, was it the postcard that made them go, yes, we're gonna attend this event, or was it the layering of the social media and all the other things and finally, when they got the postcard, they logged in to respond. Not really sure, but all that I know is that you have to have multiple touches for people to respond. So direct mail has a very, very um, good impact, but it has to be well thought out. The other thing about direct mail is you no longer, there used to be a saying, spray and pray. <laughs> you, you spray a bunch of ink on paper and you mail it out and you just pray something happens. Well, that doesn't have to happen anymore, especially if you're keeping a database. And, you know your client, your potential clients or people you're trying to track. And you don't have to do a bunch of them. You can be a very, decide on a very targeted um, campaign. We sent out 2,900 postcards for our campaign that we did. Uh, we got, um, we got 20, uh, 30, 32 hot leads, people that responded that said that they were going to come to this lunch and learn that we were going to have. And then we had 122 warm leads of people that looked at it. And that allowed us to now we have, you know, about 150 or so people that were working on trying to convert over to a client. 
but it has to be has to be really strategically planned. It, it can't be tactical. So when I when I talk about this marketing plan, you know, decide well what could I if I had a list of a thousand people that I wanted to mail to, I want to mail to them three times a year. But make it coordinate with your social media. Make it coordinate with your blog. Make it coordinate with maybe a trade show or a conference you're going to or what have you. But just coordinate it all so that it it looks like it's it's uh, flowing and it works together, opposed to just a a gunshot approach to it. Does that make sense? It does. Um, it, it, it all makes sense when you say it. Of course, when I look at all that stuff, uh, I guess it's sort of like you trying to think about a book. It's, yep. Uh, <laughs> exactly, Judy. You got it. <laughs> yep. It's, it's overwhelming. would prefer to have somebody else do. <laughs> well, I say, Judy, you know, you have to think about it. You have to think, well, I could spend, you know, could I write my own book? Sure. Would I enjoy it? No. Could it, I do it as well as you? No. But the time I would spend using it, if, if I did it by myself, I'd probably spend four or five times more time than if I just worked with you. So time is money. We all know that, right? Many of us build by the hour. So if I'm able to save time and get a better result, why wouldn't I do that? Right? And enjoy it and be happier a lot, a lot easier, right? right. So, you have to think that your time is money. I hear many people say, oh, I'll just do it myself. Well, guess what? We get busy. I know the intention's good, but we get busy and then we're not able to get to it and it doesn't get done. And we don't like it. So we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Life is too short to do things you don't like because if you don't like doing something, you're not going to do it well, right? It's just, yeah. it's just it, unless you're really, really strong. Um, I'd much rather have somebody engage somebody to help me with something and make the journey and the process easier and more fulfilling than if I had to struggle through it and dread it the whole time I did it. Not to mention the loss of time, which is then a loss because, you know, time is limited. We don't, we can't add any more hours in that day, even though we try, we only have so many hours a day that we can build and that we can be productive. So why not use your time efficiently and use experts? And there's, and, and, and it's, it's just, it's a better experience too. So. So, Cece, if you could um, pick out one main tip or idea that would make the most difference for a small business owner um, regarding marketing, what, what would that takeaway or tip be? Uh, that's, I'd have to tell you, is understand who your customer and consumer is. And I use customer and consumer very deliberately. I mean, when you stop and think about it, people use those interchangeably, customer and consumer. I'm a customer when I buy my teenage son acne medicine. I'm a customer. He's the consumer. So the messaging for him and the messaging for me are two different things. So we've got to remember who are we trying to get to buy our product or our service? That's the first thing. What is it that what is it that they need from us? And then understand how you can present yourself. Make sure you have your elevator pitch, your your make sure you're re, you're able to explain what you do in a very brief moment, less than 30 seconds. And make sure that you understand how to communicate that. That's going to permeate through everything else you do in your one-on-one -on -one conversations, in your social media, 
in your presentations, in your marketing materials. So understand it is who are you trying to talk to? Who are you trying to engage? And what is it that you have to offer them? And if you understand that, it's easy then, I don't want to say it's easier, it's easier then to navigate all these other things. Because if you have the wrong messaging or if you're targeting the wrong people, you can have the greatest collateral, you can have the greatest website, you can have the, <laughs> the greatest um, YouTube channel going on. But if you're targeting the wrong person and saying the wrong message, it's not going to work. So you really have to have a good understanding of who they are and who you are and how you can serve them best. And then everything else kind of comes from that. So, you, you know, that starts with that strategy, your mission, your vision, and all of that, and understanding what that, those goals are. Great. That's that's important. I, that is really important. Um, mm -hmm. If you don't have the right message to begin with, then it's going to be a tough struggle, regardless of what you do and how much you spend. And I want you to really, one last note that's really important to you, you and I've talked about this on a couple occasions, is remember, especially if you're in a technical field, let's say you're an engineer or a lawyer or a writer or, or what have you, don't necessarily get too bogged down in your vernacular that you're used to in your industry. Because the reason why people are coming to you is because they don't know how to do it. So if you talk real industry jargon and all of that in your messaging, they're not going to get it. So you need to talk to them the way that they would ask you questions. Because otherwise they'll think, oh, there's no way out. I could, this is, this person would be too, I, I, I wouldn't be able to understand. So you got to make it easy for them to engage you. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Cece. Um, can you just uh, repeat again how people can get in touch with you if they would like to follow up with you? Sure. They can email me at cece.smith at toolboxstudios.com. Um, also, if they want to, um, I'm perfectly happy if they want to call me on my cell phone. Uh, my number is 210-871-9542. That number is 210-871-9542. If I, if, I, if, if I don't answer the phone, it's because I'm in a meeting. I promise you, leave a message. I will call you back. I'm happy to talk to anyone about marketing. And if I can't help you, I probably know someone that can, and I'm happy just to visit with you on some ideas and problems that you're having or looking for some solutions. I'm happy to share whatever I can. Very good. Well, thank you again so much, Cece. It's been a delight talking to you and the information that you shared is so valuable. Well, thank you for the opportunity. As you know, I love marketing and um, this is a great opportunity for me as well to market myself. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>